You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome to Over the Back Fence. I'm Di Edwards. I'm Nicola Dale and we're buddies of nearly four decades and yes, we actually do happen to share a back fence. We do. <laughs> we love parties, people, inspirational stories and honestly, making the most out of life. <laughs> so join us as we open our hearts, share our stories and hear from some of the most inspirational people in the world and have a laugh <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> You know, Nicola, there's times in your life where it can be a person, it can be a documentary, a movie, it can be something that sort of steps into your world, it could be a book, where you just frozen in time with how it washed over you. And Gladys, who we just chatted to, who's 103, this amazing woman who's a holistic doctor, you know, I started reflecting on maybe four or five of our interviews with different guests is it's really interesting because when we're talking about longevity and happiness with these various guests we've had it's one common denominator that dilutes down to this conclusion that happiness and longevity is mainly based around attitude your friends and family who that you surround yourself with and Really, your thought process. Yep. And you know what? That's so true. I mean, it's been such an honour having a 103-year-old Dr. Gladys McGarvey coming on our podcast. You know, so we, you know, we feel so grateful for that. But totally agree. You know, through all of life, you know, if you live a long life, you're going to go through ups and downs, which she certainly has. But what has got her through so many times is, as you're sort of saying, it's the perspective of how you deal with things. And yes, there are times when you need to sit in it. Yes, there are times. And so she gives us some incredible tools, but I don't think there's really anyone who could be much better than, than her or wiser than her. And with love mm. with compassion mm. there's no bitterness there no. there's no a lot of people can go through things and still always hang on to nastiness and grief and i think that's the other thing too learning to let it go yeah and as we sometimes say it's easier that's said, easier said than easier done. Yeah. said than done well she's a living example of mm. that she is 103 and, she's a hoot. Yeah. and i think the other thing too yeah. she lives with i think having a little bit of sense of humour uh, yeah. cheekiness and, and, you know, she's got it. Here she is, 103, yeah. with still with a 10-year plan. I mean, yeah. so you look forward to things. She lives in the present. She does. And with gratitude. And, uh, you know, so, so much to learn and so many gifts. And her book, The Well-Lived Life, is like our Bible. Well, it is. We were talking about it driving in about this is, I mean, I, th I think I thought it, and then Nicholas stated it, that this will be our new life Bible. But, you know, I think in our world, Nicola, today, we're so consumed, and, and I will use the word obsessed, by longevity. And she talks about people spend a lot of their life consumed with death or I don't want to die earlier, I don't want to die, that they forget to live. Mm -hmm. And I think what she's talking about with being consumed, we're talking about exercise, the diet, the, you know, I, I, I can't do that or I can't drink, I can't do this, I can't do that. Can't. She talks about live life well, but again, as you were just saying, we need to self-manage, and she said doctor ourselves, mm -hmm. The thought process. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's, it's it's like they say that 90% of the beliefs we hold 
in our mind are lies. Yep. Wow, and, it's and, so true. Yeah. And I think it's true that she lives with optimism and she addresses the thing when she was married and her ex-husband had a go at her for going and she was saying wonderful because you say everything's wonderful, wonderful. It's like this toxic positivity. And then she said, if I could have my time again and say something to him, she said, well, you know what? It is wonderful. She said, yes, there are some things that uh, it's not a denial of things when are bad. Uh, yes, you have to accept it. She said, but I try and find the wonder in every situation. And there's lessons to be learned through even the hardest times when you've been kicked to the curb yeah. or things Which have she happened. she has been. Yes, yeah. she has. Yeah. And I think, well, wonderful. She lives in wonder. And wow, that's a huge takeaway for me. It and is. I want to live like that myself. And she also and had a really great example with as soon as we attach to someone else's negativity, as soon as you attach to that, that washes over you. You know, whether you choose to hold on to that or then it dissipates and moves through. Because she also talks about life flow, mm-hmm. like allowing the, the life flow, no matter what's going on in your world, that yes. life flow is always happening. Yeah. You know, if you want to put a dam there and then build it mm-hmm. up, and stop the flow, yeah. well, guess what? It's still going to trickle through. It's yes. always there. Yep. When you think you're so lost, it's so dark, just reconnect, sit in the awareness of it, and let it flow again, your chi energy, so yes, to speak. Yes. And how unique. She's 103. We're not joking, by the way. I mean, a woman being a doctor, yes. A, back then, yeah, yeah. and B, a holistic doctor. Like, you know, it's fascinating, the book, and when you read it, the, the well-lived well Now, life. I had it because you, you know, learn a lot. As you always know, I'm the audio girl and Di's more the paperbacks. But it's yeah. one of those books, too, if there's sort of something in your life that you just might want to go, hey, I'm going to go on to chapter so-and-so and, and, and listen to this topic. True. But she looked, hey, she's written a lot of books and, it, and I love the other thing, too. She's kicked ass at every age and she, she went to full throttle in her 70s, started again, went into another practice with her daughter, written books. Here she is 103 on the public speaking circuit yeah. globally. Yeah. So yeah. for everyone when and they she's go, in America on, a, on the podcast. So we actually yeah. feel like pup yeah. star. You know, it's like, so you know, true. we're sort of like babies, really. Yeah. There's so much when people think, gosh, I'm turning 40, I'm turning 50, yeah. I'm yeah. turning 60. It's true, and you hear like, that. Yeah. Oh, you hear it on Insta. Yeah, well, 39, turning 40, well, you know. Yeah. And you go, really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, that's why in this particular podcast, you know, you're turning 60. I'm in my 60s. A lot of our listeners I know are in their 50s, 60s, 70s and onwards. And it's all about exactly what Gladys lives by. Don't get Mm. stuck Mm. in a rut. And if you do, Mm. as she said, the old baby steps. Mm. And honestly, every part of that book... Uh, Nicker and I have embraced. It's our fate, like one of yeah, our favourite subjects. Yeah. Like, and I know, you know our producer's going to go out and buy it, uh, aren't you? Uh, yeah. And it's I think pretty everyone that will have the yeah. link, obviously, on yeah. our show notes there. And she's look, got other books too, which we'll all put the links to. Hasn't she got a 10 year plan know, ahead? 10 year plan, absolutely. So <laughs> she'll tell us all, you know, you'll hear all about it, guys. But um, I hope you like really enjoy <laughs> listening to oh, Dr. Gladys. You'll love her. As much as we have. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome, Dr. Gladys McGarvey, the author. You're 103. So, first of all, <laughs> happy birthday, 103 candles on the cake. And, and you've written the book, The Well-Lived Life. I mean, after 60 plus, plus, plus years of experience in holistic and integrated medicine, you're the expert on how to live a long and happy life. Yeah. So we're honoured to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Gladys. Well, I'm so happy to be here. 
Gladys, I picked some gardenias and I want to put them into your crown, which you do with your hair. I wanted to weave them through your hair. (laughs) (laughs) But before we say anything, how's that with Gladys too? You've just come back from a bike ride. Are you serious? You've been bike riding. How fabulous. I have a tricycle (laughs) that I can you know, I ride it out in my yard here. Wow. And so the weather is lovely. And so we took a little ride. So I'm a little bit out of breath, but uh, things are good. That's fair enough at 103, 103. Gladys. <laughs> hey, what did you get yeah. for your birthday at 103? Did you get some cool presents? <laughs> oh, yes, I got so many flowers and so many gifts and it, it was amazing. You deserve amazing. it. Gladys, I wouldn't know where to start because with a, a lifespan or a health span, as they say, of 103, uh, Nick and I were just chatting about, you know, going back in time. I mean, firstly, A, being a woman becoming a doctor and B, being a holistic doctor. I mean, you overcame so many obstacles. Well, you know, it was life the way it was coming to me and, be, and I was being presented to it. But you know, the, the even more exciting thing, I think, is that my mother was a doctor in 1913. And, oh. But she was not accepted. When, when my dad and my mother went to India, she was on his passport, like baggage. Wow. So it was, that was in 1913. And when she got her degree, uh, they just really, people really just didn't, they, they not only didn't recognize it, they just didn't pay any attention to it. They didn't believe it. Wow. But, um, you know, I had the same kind of experience, but not as great as she had. <laughs> However, you know, she just kept on going. They went out to India and spent all of those years in the, jungles of India, which was for me like a paradise. I loved it growing up in the jungles of India. Do you think that was an influence on you becoming as a holistic doctor living Absolutely. in India? Absolutely, because what I was watching was my parents paying attention to people who had had nobody paying attention to them, and they didn't have much in the way of equipment. Now, you know, when we think about having x-rays and and all of the other equipment that we have as physicians, they had none of that. So the thing that they had to use was their own experience, their own knowledge, and the love that they had for the people. Mm. I knew that that's what I needed to be. I mean, I told my parents when I was two years old that I was a doctor, too. And so, you know, they just kind of included that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Dr. Gladys, love is such a powerful thing. What's your take on love as a medicine? It's the most important of all. Without love, none of the other aspects of medicine work. I have the, what I call the, the five L's. The first is life and love. The first two go together. They don't function without each other. It's like a seed is in the pyramid for 5,000 years and nothing happens until love in the form of water and sunlight and so on softens the shell and the seed can grow. Then life 
is activated by love. And when you think about it, it's like that in a pregnancy. When we women are pregnant, we are one unit with that baby. What we eat, the baby eats. What we think, the baby thinks. But for the months that we carry that child, that unit is one. The unit becomes two and the baby manifests when it takes its first breath. But in the meantime, you can't separate life and love because that's the, those two together are essential to the proper functioning of the very life of that baby. The third L is laughter. <laughs> laughter without love is cruel. Families are torn apart with it. Wars happen. You know, it's mean, it's cruel. But laughter with love is joy and happiness. It makes you want to do the things that you do. You know, it, it, it fills, it's, it brings your, your family together. And the fourth one is labor. Labor without love is drudgery. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to go to work. You too many diapers and all of that. But labor with love is bliss. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Uh-huh. It's why singers sing. It's why why painters paint. It's the very essence of the very juice within us that is activated with love. And the fifth one is listening. Listening without love is an empty sound. You know, you can hear all kinds of things and not hear a word because you're not listening. But listening with love is understanding. So I think these five years, you know, years ago, I was trying to figure out a way in which I could kind of structure the thinking that I was doing. But these five loves have helped me do that. Um, I, 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 I actually, here we go again. speechless. No, I am speechless. And as I said to Nicola, that's very rare that I'm spe- never speechless. I'm never but spe- but it's beautiful. I, I guess, you know, as I was listening to that, Nicola and Gladys, I couldn't help but think as a doctor how reading your book, I mean, that uh, you wove a lot of those L's through uh, your gifts that you gave to your patients. Yes. Yes, because love is a great healer. In the long run, you know, that's the thing that ties us humans together. And so as we accept that and work with it, then healing happens. And and uh, I was talking to a the leader of one of the hospitals here a few years ago, and he was saying, Gladys, I don't understand how we're going to be able to have the chiropractors and the osteopaths and the naturopaths and all in in the same hospital. And uh, I said, well, you know, I don't think it's the modality that is the most important thing here. I think it's the way in which it's used. And love is that activator. So no matter what it is that the modality is that we're using at the time, if it's not used with love, it doesn't do as much or even do anything if the patient doesn't receive it. Just a couple of weeks ago, I have this wonderful friend, he's a neurologist here in town, and he told me a story that had just happened to him because he's still teaching in the medical school and. He had had 
a patient that he was to see with one of the residents. So he told the resident he'd meet her up at the door, patient's door. And when he got up there, she was standing outside of the door and he said, well, let's go in. And she says, oh no, we don't have to. And he said, what do you mean we don't have to? She said, well, he has Alzheimer's. He's not going to understand anything. And my wonderful neurologist friend said, now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand yet that in, first of all, in that room, there are two people, his wife and the husband who may have Alzheimer's, but his wife will understand everything that we're saying and with love be able to transmit that and do it for her husband in ways that will be helpful. It's it's that unit, you know, it's that bringing that love together. And he, besides which he said, we have to go in and touch them. Well, and so it's this understanding of how important it is for love as the activator to really bring healing about. Incredible. Oh, that is it's absolutely just, incredible. Like, it's so beautiful to yeah. hear that. And, 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 and she does and, look beyond I know. Like, the normal And ju just for some people too, you approach. know, Dr. Gladys, who's still a sort of even new to this concept and still might be going, well, I just don't feel the love and how do I get it? You know, you can mm. say that, but what sort of tips would you say to people who still aren't really there and they go, love, what really is it? I don't know. I haven't felt love. I don't know how to give love. Or what do you say to people to sort of help them, guide them, your tips? I'd say, what are you looking for? Because until you're looking for something, you don't see it right. and you won't see it, you know? So if love, if life is hard and you think it's just nothing but hard, it's sort of like, you know, you've had a hard time and you're looking over your shoulder because you want to be sure it doesn't happen again or whatever, mm -hmm. but you're looking over your shoulder. But if you keep looking over your shoulder, it's going to, your neck's going to get stuck. <laughs> you need a chiropractor. Wow, so it's really looking, you know, like putting your, your focus and perspective on what you want. Is that how you see it? Absolutely. What it is that you're living for. Right. You know, Great. we have to figure out what life is about and what we're living for. You know, it's sort of like if I have a flashlight in my hand and I'm walking along and it's dark and and I just can see one step at a time, and I'm, but I'm going along, but over on the left or over in the right someplace, I see a little flicker of light. If I take my light and shine it with that light, there's much more light, and we both find more light. It's that ability to keep looking for what it is and not getting stuck in some kind of hor horrible, miserable situation. It's like when I was 40, had been married for 46 years, my husband asked for a divorce and I was absolutely devastated. I was broken. I was, I was a mess. I was just terrible. And I remember being in my car, driving to my home, which was empty. There wasn't anybody else there. And I was screaming and it was an ugly scene because I was letting the universe know what I thought about what life was dishing out to me. I was just screaming with pain and 
wanting to find some answer to this. How could this possibly happen? And all of a sudden I stopped the car, pulled off to the side of the road, and I'm sitting there in the car by myself thinking, okay, now am I going to feel like this the rest of my life? You know, and so I'm having this discussion with myself. And finally the words came into me, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. But all of a sudden, be glad by my actual name was there right in front of my head. And I said, oh, okay. And I drove home and the next day I changed my license plate and my license plate read, be glad. So that every day... <laughs> I think that's one of the best Incredible. stories I've ever Continue. life stories I've heard. Every day that I went to get into my car, <laughs> I had to read that and say, okay. And as long as I was traveling in, in Phoenix, which was until I retired, I was driving through the streets and everybody behind me had to see that light. Yes. yes. Shining so your light. Wow. Yeah. And it, that was we a real sharing. turnaround for you. Yeah, it turned me. It turned things around for me. For through the terrible pain that I was. I mean, really, I was a mess. And yet, in the midst of that, because I really knew that what, that I had work to do still, and the actual thing that happened was that I was able to uh, after going through some more things and things, I finally wrote a letter to my ex-husband and thanked him for giving me my freedom. Mm. So all of a sudden I became aware that throughout my life, I had depended on him, not only to do the checking book and all that kind of stuff, but I would have him check by, when I wrote a book, I'd have him check what I'd written and so on, because I really didn't trust my voice. However, when I was on my own, I had to trust myself. Wow. That's wonderful. And I love how you've actually then even said you've thanked him instead mm. of living with bitterness yes. forever, which so many people can. Mm. Um, and writing it. Too, writing journal. it and, and actually with that, you've, you've found gratitude in that. And Tell us, was there, did you find your voice again at 93? Is that correct? Yes. Well, you know, it was, it, it took, I, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> what do we say? Uh, students of life. <laughs> it's funny, Gladys, you're talking about um, growing up in India. You grew up in a very loving environment with your oh, yeah. your parents yeah. being missionaries in India. Right. Um, and right. so you had a beautiful foundation stone that you stepped from in life. I want to ask you a question. For those that want to head down that L-O-V-E love road and self-love and have more compassion and didn't grow up with that beautiful, solid L-O-V around them, what sort of, can you give us some examples or possibly a modality that someone listening could start their process, start their their road to self-love? Well, start thinking about loving yourself. 
You know, if you never even think about it, it's not going to go anyplace but be where it's stuck. But when you get to thinking about yourself and the things that are, are good about you and the things that you kind of like about you, you kind of become friends with yourself and you can start uh, adding to that because you're the one who has to think about those things enough to put them into your thought process because nobody else is going to do it for you. So if you're going to accept the fact that you are here for a reason and there isn't anybody else who can take your place, it's not like a jigsaw puzzle. There isn't anybody else that can fit in that spot. Nobody else in the whole world can take that place. Even in time, there isn't any place, anybody else. It's you. And if you can accept that, that in itself is pretty awesome. That's beautiful. Agreed. That's beautiful. It's, 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 it? it's yeah, the power of positivity, isn't it? It's certainly Seeing the is. beauty in oneself. Accepting yeah. yourself and ultimately, yeah. you know, like you were saying, Di, from, you know, you've, you know how Dr. Gladys came from that loving family yes. and other people who may not have come from that loving family, but ultimately it's up to us to put the oh, focus no. uh, yeah, on self-love because it's our life and how precious every single body is and we're all irreplaceable. Well, and, and for every p person that was in my life being important, see, my Aya... It's like a, a, a nanny, nanny. nanny yes. in India, yeah. Toothless, ignorant, you know, just she certainly wasn't a um, person that you would look to for style, okay? Yes. <laughs> but she was the epitome of love. Oh. And so when I was having this trouble in school, and I we were living in the Himalayas, the school was up in the Himalayas, and... I, by the time I climbed the hill up to where our home was, I looked up and there would always be Aya sitting there waiting for me. And as soon as I got up <laughs> high enough so she could see me, she'd hold out her arm with the shawl on it, that she, her chadar that she wore. She'd hold that out and she'd say, Idharao, come here. And I'd go running over to her and I'd climb in there and I'd sit there until my world came back into focus. Wow, love. 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 Yeah, love. Touch. 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 Time talk touch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they say those, those um, th three Gladys, things. Gladys, well. I actually have to be honest with you. Nicola and I sort of, Nicola's more of an audio. She reads books by audio. I'm more of I've got to have the, the hard, hold that book, share it, whatever. But I listened to your book on Audible yesterday. That was the second time because I'm so consumed by it. I want to ask you a question. I love one of the lines you use a lot in the book. When we are stuck, look for the trickle around the dam. Can you tell right. us about that? Well, life needs to move. If life gets stuck, it dies. It can't live if it gets stuck. To be alive and to work our purpose, whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing, we have to be alive, otherwise we get stuck. And if we get stuck, we die. So the way to look 
for to understand that is to understand that it's not crossing the Pacific Ocean that you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about just a little bit of life. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a trickle around the edge that is the aspect of love that is the thing that is keeping you from being stuck. And it, it, it isn't a huge thing. My Aya wasn't a, a beauty or some person that, you know, was huge. My Aya was my Aya. And she mm -hmm. was who she was. And that was enough, you know. That was enough. It's accepting what is the way we are and accepting the fact that it's enough. Let me tell you another story that illustrates this. For years, we had a good family friend named James, and he was a friend of the family, and he was around all the time. And then he began losing thoughts and so on, and ultimately became quite damaged in, in the way he was able to relate to life. And so we found a lovely home for him, and he was living in that home. And one day I bought a little plant, and I took it over to him. And I said to him, James, because he's just, as far as I could tell, he wasn't ex understanding anything I could say. So I kept talking anyway, and I said, James, this little plant is your plant. And it loves you, and but you have to love it. And if you love it, you have to give it water, and you have to give it sunlight. And I talked to him about it. As far as I could tell, he wasn't understanding anything. But that's all right. He was James, and I loved him, and, and, and he was a good friend of ours and all of this. So then I left, and I came back a week later, and he met me at the door. And he's going, magic, magic. <laughs> and I said, what, what? And he says, box. And so he takes me over to the wall where the air conditioning box is. And he says, push button, cool. Plant loves cool. Oh, wow. oh he's and giving then, love. <laughs> He says, push hot. Plant doesn't love hot. Wow. So here he had, in his own way, taken the love, that as much love as he could understand, and he gave it to the little to the little plant. It was like a little trickle, you know. Right, the trickle on the down. And the little plant understood it. And the little plant said, okay. And this is what evolved. It's funny, so you know, it, we complicate things, don't we, Gladys? You know, oh, we yeah. make it larger than life. You know, you know, the ripple effect, it, and we catastrophize. But if we start small, start simple, like the trickle, as you talk about, like the plant, the James's plant, it's the simplicity yeah. that we're missing out on. Yeah, it's, it's so important to understand the little things. You know, we, we mm. the big things that happen to us in life, we think are great, and they are. 
But it's the little things that happen in life that support what can become the great things. And boast the dam eventually. Boast the dam. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And, and what a great example to share that mm. with us. Mm. Yeah, well, the power of that. And it's yeah. so important, Dr. Gladys, what you're saying is to give love. You know, yes. so people are sort of all wanting to receive love, but it's the power of giving love. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't bank it. It doesn't work that way. Love has to be moving. I, I truly believe, now this is just my thought, it's, it's not any theology or anything, it's just a thing, a, a thing that I think. I think that when God, whoever God is to each one of us, created the earth and it was beautiful. I mean, everything was perfect, right in place where it belonged and so on. And then God created the human. And he said to us, now you're the only beings on this planet who have free will and choice. So you are being given dominion over the earth. And we in our arrogance thought he said domination. And so we took over by golly and we done the things that we've done to Mother Earth all these years and it's little by little we've kind of really made it awfully hard for her mm. and yet like E.T. looking for home phone <laughs> <laughs> home phone yes. home I think we are always mm. trying to reach for our, our huge true humanity mm. and if we're doing that then it's like reaching like james understanding what is plant needed it's it's not a big thing it's just something that's there and mm. it's needed then and it's what it is love yeah. and nurturing love and nurturing mm. and it's just so beautiful that <laughs> you, you can just to give us those as you say simple reminders oh. but they're the small things are the big things in life always, aren't they? it's the always. beating of your heart it's true type of things um, that... there's so much we need to get through in a short span of exactly. time exactly just quickly and i know i'm jumping here gladys when you had cancer the first time you used many holistic modalities to come through that then you got a second bout of cancer and you were older and you felt that you needed to uh, work with the uh, western medicine but you also used a thing called visualization can you describe that to us and particularly in the case of the suitcase you used to help cure your cancer well you know uh, the word cancer tends to be a huge thought form that scares the living bejabers out of us. And if that's all we can think of when somebody says cancer, that's all we're going to be able to think of. Mm -hmm. But if we can grab hold of our minds and say to ourselves, okay, so that's the diagnosis. Now what are we going to do with it? or do some self-talk about how we're going to use this information. And when I used it before, the circumstances were completely different. And this time, 
medicine had progressed to a point where it had other modalities that uh, were available to us and understanding of how this could be done. I mean, this was 35 years later or something like that. And, and things had changed and come to a point where I could actually begin to visualize a way in which I could create a visualization that would work for me. And that was that I said to this lump of, of cancer that was in my breast, all right, now here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a family reunion and we're going to pull all any other cells that are in my body that are cancer cells into a family reunion. And I have this little box, this little suitcase that I've made where we can all get into this suitcase. And it, in my mind, I had this little suitcase that was hand tooled and all, you know, and I, it was just a cute little suitcase. <laughs> and I, I said to the lump, get in touch with every cell in my body that's a cancer cell. And you guys, Get into this suitcase because the day is going to come when we're going to go on a journey. And so when, when the day came for me to have the uh, lumpectomy and then the uh, radiation treatment, in my mind, I, called, I said, okay, this is the day and we're going to go on this trip. And here you are. Here's your suitcase. Get yourselves in there and take your trip, you know. So for me, it was an exercise in actually putting my mind and thoughts from where I've been talking about putting them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, it's yeah. all mindset. And you cured yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Isn't it? Yeah, well done, you. And it just it really is sort of like you give so many examples of the, just the power of your thoughts, the power of your mind. And you know what's interesting, listening to the book yesterday, doing it Nicola's way with the Audible, you were talking about how community is fast disappearing, uh, Gladys, and we need to borrow a cup of sugar again, as there's so many apps to deliver everything to mm. your house where you're sitting there. Let's just say you're all on your own in your house sitting there. You can have everything delivered. You dry clean your groceries, you know, you, you, a hairdresser can come to your house, whatever. But you say we need to borrow a cup of sugar from the neighbours again. Yes. So what's your take on that, like where we are now with the community and where we are at and how Uber essential eats. that yeah. is? <laughs> Start looking for your community. Mm. You know, if you're not looking for it, you're never going to find it. Yeah. You're not going to find the uh, sort of like if I have any life within me, life that is light, which is what it is, and I reach to other people with that light, it's going to start a community. A and the community starts with each person. So it's, it, and it may be just somebody in the grocery store who's um, having a little problem and you smile at them. Who knows? Oh, it's so beautiful. But, 
But I just love the simplicity of we need to borrow a cup of sugar again from the neighbour. Exactly. Because that's what it was. Like we called our podcast Over the Back Back Fence fence. because because we felt that that's lacking. You you get my point with the neighbour saying, how are you? That's all. How are you? Yeah. In the morning we say, how are you? Or, you know, well, I was doing a lecture for my my son, Bob. (laughs) who has a human potential center in Austin, Texas, years ago. And when he introduced me, he said, I come from a very weird family. (laughs) Everybody laughed, you know. But this woman that spoke after uh, he spoke started her lecture off by saying, well, I am Welsh. I come from Wales. And when... We greet each other in the morning. We don't say, good morning, how are you? We say, good morning, how is your weird? How is your weird? Wow. That's new. What we see as our weird is that inner core within (gasps) us. Wow. Isn't that I'm loving that. That is so great. Something Dieting. new. That's something yeah. I can say to you. It's very soulful, baby. <laughs> yeah. How, how's very your weird, Dieting? Oh, it's going okay. It's There's not a trickle. It's a flow, baby. It is a trickle. <laughs> can I ask you, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self, Dr. Gladys, turning that clock back, if there's anything you could say to yourself? I'd say this moment being that moment or whatever moment is the most important moment of life. Present. Oh. Because we, if we live that moment, we can live the next. Oh. And then we can live the next. But if we don't live that life, that moment, if we're just too hurt or damaged or uh, sad or stuck and don't live that moment, uh, that moment's going to be very sad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, living in the past or the future. Living in the pr- yeah. yeah. Well. Um, second question, Gladys. If you had the opportunity of meeting anybody in the world over the back fence, who would that be and why? You. Ah! <laughs> oh, you're good. As my father used to say, you'll get on. <laughs> can I can I question is that we? <laughs> yeah, you as in us too. Absolutely. Well, we yeah, that was beautiful. Oh, that is You're a... the one that I'm speaking to. Okay, oh, see so been present. Cuz you just... know what, Gladys, I thought you'd say Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, well, at that time it was. You see? Yeah. Wow. You are the ultimate yep. in living in the present. Yep. You're the ultimate at, at teaching us all about life. You know, your, your book is, is, the, is an absolute must read, as we're saying it is our Bible. And thank you so much for yeah. your time oh, and your you. wisdom you, and your heart and your love. Yeah, we love all Great. the L's, the laughter, the love, the labour. We love it all. And honestly, Gladys, uh, at 103, we'll interview you when you're – Two hundred and three. Yes, exactly. Well, you got, you got the ten-year plan. I think ten times ten. <laughs> I'm more like, yeah, baby. Oh, we think you're you're an inspiration to the world, and you know what you are. You are an angel on earth. You are an angel oh, on earth. Thank you. Yes, thank it's you. And, and we look forward to seeing you when we come and visit, or if you ever come visit yeah. to Sydney. I'll teach you how to yeah. surf, Gladys. Have you done that? <laughs> I have friends in Australia. I'd love to go. Oh, please. Oh, well, there's, 
There's a Please. back fence there. Yeah. You've got us. Can't you've, wait. Got, you've got all everyone, I'm sure all our listeners here, uh, you know, in everyone's heart and soul. And, and we thank you so much for your time. Bless you, yeah, Gladys. Bless you, Gladys. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> and don't forget to rate and review. And how many stars, Daddy? Mm, this week. <laughs> this week. Why not 10 out of 5? 10 out of 5, okay. <laughs> I can reach for the stars, but thanks for listening and don't and forget follow to follow. Yeah. That's so important. If you love the podcast, follow. Yeah. Really appreciate it and look forward to chatting with you soon.